Hey, yo, what's good, everybody? It's Jeff Black Extreme, and we are back at it again with another episode of the Zone Podcast. With me today, we got Kofi. Man, I'm doing pretty good. And sat here and woke up this morning to the most awesome news whatsoever. But before we get into that, I know we got a couple things we want to talk about. Bet, bet. That's on fair because, bro, when I heard the news this morning, I was like, yo, they did not just do this when we are doing this review. Like, okay. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this is part three of the Kingdom Hearts Extreme Review. And without further ado, let's go ahead and zone in on it. Now, y'all probably wondering, why are we so excited this time? <laughs> because, <laughs> bruh, okay, we were delaying this review, like, this was supposed to come out in December. And, you know, life happens, um, schedules got conflicted, so we had to keep putting up, putting up, putting up, right? So, two days ago, we started doing the Keenmark review, right? And next thing you know, this morning, we get an announcement that we get not one, not two, not three, but four Kingdom Hearts titles being announced, including Kingdom Hearts 4. Mm-hmm. And we will definitely be talking about that at the near end of this review. But part three is going to be mainly focused around Chain of Memories. And before we even get to that... I think it's only fair that we go back to Kingdom Hearts 1, give you a little context of the story, because when we get to Chain of Memories, it's going to get a little confusing unless we tell you what went down with on Kingdom Hearts 1. So, further ado, let me just go ahead and talk about that. So, in a nutshell, Sora, Riku, Kyrie, they were on Destiny Islands. They were kids living their lives, but of course, they knew that the world was bigger than Destiny Island. So, they wanted to build a raft to explore these new worlds. Now, on the night before that voyage, the islands were attacked by the Heartless, and Riku and Kairi disappeared. Now, before the Heartless completely consumed the islands, Sora was mysteriously attained the Keyblade, this weapon that's most effective against the Heartless. And meanwhile, Donald and Goofy, they were... Um, walking around the castle, well, mainly Donald. Uh, and next thing you know, they noticed that King Mickey has left their own world to deal with the Cartless, leaving instructions for Donald and Goofy to find the quote-unquote key that will protect the world from this darkness. Now, Donald and Goofy fired up the gummy ship, traveled to Traverse Town, and coincidentally, well, you know, like a faithful encounter... They encounter Sora, who was at Traverse Town after Destiny Islands was consumed by the darkness. So the three of them decide to travel together to find Kairi, Riku, and King Mickey while traveling to the various worlds, uh, sealing the quote-unquote keyholes in the world that, when they are sealed, the heart of those worlds are being consumed by the heartless. So, in other words, once you complete that world, you pretty much clear that world of all the heartless or at least you kind of suppress them now well okay now meanwhile a bunch of disney villains led by maleficent has this b plot plan to seek out the seven princesses of heart and unlock the final keyhole that leads to kingdom hearts which is this repository of 
knowledge, power, the source of all hearts. That's what we know it as. And Maleficent finds Riku and recruits him into her services by manipulating him and believing that Sora abandoned him. So, yeah, like, I was going to say, it's kind of like uh, Sonic and Knuckles, but not exactly. It's more like uh, with Knuckles, he met Sonic um, being manipulated and betrayed, but it's more like, oh, well, you know, Riku um, traversing into the darkness and end up getting manipulated by Maleficent herself. But Zora and his friends eventually arrive at Hollow Bastion, which is Maleficent's headquarters, and hold on, uh, where Riku takes the Keyblade from Zora, revealing himself to be the intended user because, like y'all said in the previous part, Sora was not meant to even have a Keyblade. Like, it, honestly, it wasn't for, like, Ventus um, storing all those hearts. Uh, he would even have a Keyblade. But Riku was supposed to have a Keyblade. Now, Donald and Goofy, they reluctantly leave Sora as per orders. And then Sora later challenges Riku, stating that his heart is derived from the strength of his friends. You know, power of friendship prevails. And it inspired Don and Goofy to return to him and regain control of the Keyblade. So like y'all said in the previous part, yeah, they made a dip to um, try to com- complete their mission, but they just couldn't leave Sora behind like that. So they came back and decided, okay, we'll find King Mickey another way. Um, we're not going to do it like this. Like, that's just a little too cold for us. <laughs> now, after the three of them defeat Maleficent, Sora finds Kyra in the comatose state confronts Riku, who is now possessed by Ansem Black. Like, honestly, I know it's Ansem Seeker of Darkness, but <laughs> that's part of the joke, like, because, you know, Dragon Ball Super. I'm just gonna call it Ansem Black. Bro, you sound strange, but yes, it's the truth. <laughs> I gotta be, I gotta be, really, I, <laughs> <laughs> a figure who has been manipulating Maleficent from the beginning, and to open the way of King Heart. Bro, I instantly thinking, like, and some kind of remind me of Ice in a little bit. <laughs> you know, like, bro. Actually, yeah. Oh, I mean, he's a dude. He manipulated, I manipulated everything from the very beginning. I knew who the new chosen Keyblade Warriors were going to be because I was there when they visited Destiny Island type of... He was. He was on the Ansem bullshit, bro. <laughs> it's like, oh, all according to <laughs> But no, seriously, he's like Aizen and Ganondorf because Ganondorf from uh, Legend of Zelda, man, there are so many incarnations, so many forms. It's like, bro, like, get the fuck out of here. Like, can we, like, get different villains like Vati or somebody? Like, that's for another extreme review. (laughs) (laughs) Where was I? Uh, Yes, Ansem reveals Kyrie as the seventh princess of heart. Uh, you can think it's supposed to be the Disney princesses, but they're like, oh, well, you know, gotta make Kyrie a staple to this story. So it's like, okay, let's make her the seventh princess of heart. All right, all right, all right. We gotta uh, some relevance. Yeah, like, we don't want another uh, <clears throat> Sakura treatment. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but her heart, having transferred into Sora's body when Destiny Island were destroyed, uh, that's how she became the seventh princess of heart. Now, after defeating the possessed Riku, Sora impales himself with Ansem's Keyblade, which was designed to unlock the heart, but in his release both his and Kairi's heart. Now, Kairi's heart did return to her body, but 
in turn, it completed the final keyhole where Sora became a heartless. And even though Kairi recognized Sora being this, I like how, um, okay, side tangent. And Kingdom Hearts 1, they made Sora look like one of those rinky dink, tiny, uh, heartless that you normally fight, you know, like in shadows. Whatever, you know, yeah, shadows. those shadows. Yeah, those like um, basic level uh, heartless. But mm-hmm. uh, in Kingdom Hearts 2, I believe that's where it starts, where he has this heartless form where it's more like, okay, it's more like him, but shadowy, yeah. But in this one, he turns into a shadow. And Kyrie recognized Sora being a heartless, and all she had to do was hug the dude, and the light in her heart restored him to human form. So, once again, power of friendship. <laughs> can, we, now, can we conclude at this point? I just want to mention this really quick also, because so at this moment you are fighting as heartless Sora with a keyblade and you don't even realize it until like Kingdom Hearts 2 what type of yeah. mess is that <laughs> yeah see that's how that's the thing with Kingdom Hearts like it's so convoluted where it's like yeah we could try to do this review in chronological order but we, we do it in release order because we want y'all to understand how complicated this plot really gets like they were so good at where okay i found the top, you know utara hikaru when she did the song simple and clean and that was like the theme song for kingdom hearts one that is a very ironic song considering that okay kingdom hearts one because we didn't know what to expect from this franchise it was like thinking okay this is gonna be like a simple and clean storyline all right no <laughs> He wish. That was very misleading. I was like, we did not know what we were walking into. We bought these games. Who are you telling, man? It's literally listed as one of the most complicated storylines of video games out there, literally. I mean, we thought uh, Legend of Zelda was kind of complicated because all these different storylines and plot lines and all that shit, but Kingdom Hearts will probably have your ripping your hair out just a little bit. It was like, it's not even the difficulty of the gameplay. It's more like, what the fuck is going on? Like, it's on. Oh, what? Like, by the time you get the dream drop distance, I'm like, bro, y'all losing me here. (laughs) (laughs) It is true. Oh my God. Like, honestly, dream drop distance was the most confusing one to me. But then apparently you had to play coded in order to understand it. And I was like, what? Well, how are you supposed to play coded? Oh, you don't play it. You wait till the final mix comes out and then you can just watch the videos of it. Seriously. That's just progressing through the story with extra steps. Yes. God damn. But yeah, we had the pieces together for this review, so <laughs> let me continue. After Kyrie gives him a good luck charm. Sora and his group venture to the end of the world where the remnants of the worlds are destroyed by the Heartless. So it's kind of like uh, that one place in Loki, uh, what they call that place, that void or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah. Like, that's essentially picture it like that. Uh, not like the King Keyblade Great. Well, the void is more it's like the Keyblade Great. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not that. It's not that. It's, it's the end of the world. That's pretty much what it is. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> but 
to confront Anthem. No, no, I mean uh, the void. It's like a mix of the end of board and uh, the Keyblade uh, graveyard because all that, uh, you know, those references to like the Phantom Copters and all that. Oh, yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> but yes, to confront Anthem as he reached the door to Kingdom Hearts after a battle, Anthem calls upon Kingdom Hearts to aid him. We that it's going to be this ultimate reservoir of darkness, which was a very bad assumption. Now, the irony was when he opened the doors, it revealed nothing but this blinding light. It's like the light, it burns, <laughs> and then he died. We are like, well, quote unquote, died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, look, no, he died. We're gonna, th- let's be honest. When we get the dream drop distance, we'll come back to that one. But again, he he died. He actually died in that case. Okay. Okay. It's just it's bull, but yes, that's exactly what happened. All right. <laughs> but also beyond that door was Mickey and Riku, where like y'all said, like Mickey was in that shadowy silhouette because they can really show Mickey in the game because they were so afraid that the game was going to fail. But uh, there's Mickey and Riku. They helped Sora and his friends to close the door before Sora and Mickey locked it with their keyblades from both sides. And these worlds lost to the Heartless was reconstructing themselves. Destiny Island was being reformed. Kyrie returns there and Sora is forced to part with her. So in other words, like, eh, well, you know, I uh, saved the girl, but I also have to leave because, you know, it is what it is. Uh, then Sora, Donald, and Goofy resolve to find Riku and Mickey. And then there's the scene exclusive to the final mix where the Sora's party returns to Hall of Bastion sometime after Anthem's defeat. And they were alerted by a portal by the Princess of Hearts. Upon entering it, the party is confronted by a hooded man who we... No, no, no. Uh, uh, never mind. I'm not waiting. Uh, who samples Sora's memories and tests his strength in battle. And upon being defeated, the hooded figure comments that they are just an empty shell before disappearing. And I was like, what the hell? That's what I mean. That part. <laughs> but, that part. <laughs> Kokugasu, how'd you felt about the storyline of Kingdom Hearts 1? Look, Kingdom Hearts 1 storyline to me, I thought was very straightforward at first. You know, it's a fight between good and evil. He said, what was uh, Dragon Ball GT? Ultimate battle between good and evil. Who's going to win? Did that? Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> I had to put that. Um, God, we have Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z. All right. We just some huge Dragon Ball Z nerds. What the hell? Anyway. Hey, bro, like, when we do that review, it was like, we are going off. Like, you think we're going off on Kingdom Hearts? Like, bro, you haven't seen nothing yet. Look, man, I'm ready. Like, come on, we're going to breeze through this. So, Chain of Memories, I'm be honest with you, is the game that I was my least favorite. No, scratch that. Yeah. It's the second. Sec- no, it's the second. It's the second least favorite. So, it's under, rec- it's under recoded. So, anyway. Um, but as far as back in the Kingdom Hearts one, that thought the game, I thought the storyline was going to be simple. No, good and evil. You know, you're, you're a kid trying to rescue his friends. In rescuing your friends, you wind up saving the world from the, not the world, but in a sense, a universe because every single world is connected. Every star is a world. As many stars as, as there are in the sky is how many worlds that there are. But there's an unlimited amount of stars. There's an unlimited amount of worlds. 
congratulations, Disney just made everything canon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like in the last part, when Treasure Planet, I was like, I was just kind of surprised that wasn't a world by now. But hey, now they've got Kingdom Hearts War, maybe, maybe. But Treasure Planet, you're traveling two different worlds. Treasure yeah. Planet reference might as well be the gummy ships. No, 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 no. I got it. I got it. Um, <laughs> they can have Treasure Planet characters in the game. And, uh, you know, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Like, so it won't be in a one world, but they can still make that reference. Okay. What if you like tra- traveling through and then, like, kind of like a monstro type thing, Treasure Planet characters show up as you're traveling through gummy ships and they're like, what are you doing out here? There and you go. You just happen to run into them. That would be pretty dope. That would be pretty there dope. You- Square Enix, if you're listening to this, make this happen. So, <laughs> God damn it, don't tattoo no more. Do I have to knock on your fucking door and tell you, hey man, put? <laughs> no, no, we're not gonna go into that now. Come on, <laughs> he's he's been through a lot. Special just different stuff, especially with the like the time period between three, five, eight days over two in Kingdom Hearts oh. two. There was that that time period. He was attacked heavily about this long delay. Okay, understand there was there was much. We we ain't gonna go do that. We're happy of the fact that Kingdom Hearts three only came out three years ago, and we just got an announcement that Kingdom Hearts four is coming out like that. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, I can't complain. I can't. still working on it. <laughs> but the storyline to me was pretty fine. It was pretty fine. Um. That was a lot of stuff that made absolutely no sense to me at first. Like, you know, we mentioned that Sora became a shadow and we're like, how? <laughs> it's like, I've been going around annihilating defenders, bro. I'm talking about defenders had to be one of the hardest, like, what, what would I call them? Local heartless? They're not bosses, but, you know, like, they're not many bosses either, but you, you know what I mean? Like, as far as, like, those heartless that you just run around and happen to fight. The defenders are one of the second, actually, no, by this point in the game, right before right when Sora turns into a heartless, are the hardest damn heartless that you will fight in this game yeah. up to that point. And I'm sitting here like, I'm fighting defenders. And you telling me that I could turn into a shadow? Who <laughs> do you think I am? <laughs> like, bro, like, I wanted to say this in the Guru and Lagan review. I was like, who the hell do you think I am? That part, like, who do you, th- who the hell you think I am, bro? A shadow? I'm a level one. It's like re- being reincarnated as a slime. <laughs> you, you know what I'm that, that anime, Literally, dude was he, he was he wasn't like beast, but still, like he was very very good. And all of a sudden, he dies, gets reincarnated. Oh, I'm a slime. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> And you're thinking, oh, he's been reincarnated as a slime. That's like one of the lamest reincarnations. Like, no, like when it comes to anime, it's like you never underestimate the underdog. Like, never. This is true. Because at this point, in all honesty, I really think that like shadows are like Digimon. Okay. Like you start off with level one shadow or like Digimon or Pokemon, and you and you evolve into the infinity, into the infinity shadow. And you know what I mean by the infinity shadow. In the end of the uh-huh. world, the dude, the giant, the big ones that are floating with the giant swords in their hands and start like running across the screen, slicing motherfuckers up like that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm gonna be honest with you. The end of the world stage, the one right before the final boss, I, I'm not gonna lie, I died quite a few times. I was 10 years old playing this game, bro. 
well, 11, because I played it the year after. <clears throat> I was 11 years old playing this game. I was getting my behind annihilated left and right, fighting these damn angels, the fucking Bamoth, and then these infinity damn shadows. And I was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking like, about bro, it, it's like imagine uh, you got in trouble and your parents uh, grab you by the one hand, you have it like suspended up in the air, and then they just get a good switch, just start tearing you behind, and then you have the other uh, hand like covering your ass. And you're like, ah! <laughs> yeah, that's Kingdom Hearts. Exactly. And you're like, bro, what the hell? I, like, I started off so simple and this got so complicated so quickly. What is going on? I am dying. I need help. <laughs> I died so many times. And then after you finally get through that and it's like, it only gets harder from here. Who are you people? Fucking <laughs> picture. <laughs> 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 and I say that. The only hardest part about it is that damn is answering the damn multi-boss battle old to Final Fantasy franchise and like, you thought that was my final form. You're mistaken. It's like, you may have beaten this form, but there's another form coming. You beat that one, and I have another form coming. Dude. <laughs> Bruh, like, I know this is the wrong review for that, but I'm getting Dragon Ball Z pride. Look, this is worse than Dragon Ball Z, okay? Let me be honest on this, all right? <laughs> so let me put it... Come on, let's start off straight off the fact, all right? And remember, in the original Kingdom Hearts 1, you couldn't skip cutscenes. So if you died and you got a fucking game over, you had to start all the way back from the beginning and rewatch every one of them damn cutscenes all over again. <laughs> like, it gets so annoying to a point where you can actually... Uh, recite oh, those uh, cutscenes verbatim. Like, you're just so annoying. I was like, I know what you're going to say, motherfucker. Look, Let's get to the point. Look, look I, the fact that I, it stills burn into my mind right now. When you run up with Sword Dawn and Goofy, you run into Destiny Island. It all looks like, huh, it's normal. Then a giant crack kind of forms. You look around. The tree has like, <clears throat> the tree, the big tree they used to do a tree house in the middle of this island splits the fuck open. You run over to it trying to figure out what's going on. And then you look over into the side of the beach and there's Riku standing there. And they're like, Riku. And they run over. Riku turns around and transforms into Ansem. He's like, he can't hear you anymore. You're like, what the what fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute. What the hell's going on? And he literally just like, all right. He just talks to you. It's like, you know, misunderstand. You don't understand the heart. No. So I was like, no, you don't understand. I know for a fact that the heart is light. <laughs> You're foolish. Darkness is the hearts. And he pulls out his hand in this damn weird-ass claw motion. Darkness is the hearts. True essence. <laughs> That's how many damn times I have seen that motherfucker. <laughs> now, see, hold on. I like that you said that because... First of all, uh, with with this entire franchise, you cannot deny that this is one of the most cinematic franchises I have ever heard. Like, it's not even about the cutscenes; when it's just that the story, the way they built this story, it's like it's like a I want to say it's like a whole series of like just imagine you're like watching a whole movie of events happening. 
and there's like sequel after sequel after sequel and you're just like even though the gameplay is great it's like the way they talk to each other the dialogue the wordplay and everything it's like it just feels like so cinematic and i give points to that now when you said that claw motion that reminded me of how the one gripe well there's probably gonna be more but there's definitely this one gripe that i have about kingdom hearts in general it's how whenever these motherfuckers talk, they have this over-exaggerated body language. Where I'm like, bro, like you don't have to keep uh, tilting your head every time you have to say a word. It's like, it's like, okay, every time they say a sentence, like they tilt their head to a little bit to the left and a little bit to the right. They're kind of like hunch over a little bit with their arms hanging out like they're fucking villains, and like all this extra body language. I'm like, bro, like. But do you hey, need something? Do you need a hug? Do you need some medicine? Do you need a straight jacket? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, mean, I, know, I know by now, hey, that's just how it was back in the day, but it didn't age well, bro. That's all I can say. It just did I not mean, age. I think, I think it aged okay. I mean, look at JoJo. That aged mm-hmm. well. No, we I have- mean... I mean, not the game itself. I'm talking about uh, back in the day with the whole body language thing. I was like, okay, I can gloss over it. But nowadays, I just cannot ignore it. Oh, no. But that's what I mean about the body language. The the body (laughs) language from JoJo. There's a whole song now called JoJo Pose, written by this one dude. I don't know his name. But literally, like, literally that body language, specifically these poses, People, I, I'm one of those people. I used to think it was overly extra. I refused to watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure because I was like, honestly, I just don't think it's something I'm going to be into. I just don't know. And then I watched it, and I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Why have I never seen this before? What is wrong? Hey, uh, but here's my thing, though. Here's my argument, though. With me, I expected that shit from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I mean, even in the fucking title, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, I was expecting extra. Like, if oh, it was laying open even more disappointed by how lame it would have been if it wasn't bizarre. And if that wasn't enough, I had our boy, uh, Eston, uh, shout out to him. Like, he was telling me about Joseph's Bizarre Adventure before I even watched it, and he was telling me that it gets so crazy that I was like, you know what, I'm in. And then when I see the, this body language from JoJo's, I was like, okay, this is to be expected. I knew it was going to get kind of weird. But okay. I didn't know how weird it was going to get. But still, though, it's almost like with JoJo, that's kind of it came with the territory, but with Kingdom Hearts, like I said, you're thinking it's supposed to be a simple, clean storyline. Boy, we're gonna we're gonna retitle this the Strange Chronicles of Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Strange Chronicles of Kingdom Hearts. There we go. Just yep. hit that retitle. We're good now. <laughs> but oh, Defenders! I like how you mix Defenders. Like, imagine this dude, ladies and gentlemen, listening. Imagine this dude looking like uh, one of those knights and shining armor except the shield it has like this three-eyed dog this demonic dog uh as part of the shield and you have to fight that fucker and, and oh, like, hold on because they, they had broke down they actually broke down in the um in the book because remember i told you i had pre-ordered 1.5 when it came out so i got the full design book and stuff of it so actually yeah you like you said knight and shining armor no no it's a gorilla <laughs> This is a gorilla, a gorilla heartless. Yes, it's a gorilla. If you actually, so the thing about it is, is that defenders keep you in front in their shield. 
So you never really get a chance to see around it. But if you ever like jump and glide over it and you look at how it moves around, it's actually a gorilla heartless. It literally behind its shield, it holds the shield with one hand and the other hand is curved on the ground and it's hunched over exactly like a gorilla. It moves just like the gorillas do in um, in Tarzan's deep jungle. It's literally the exact same thing. But wow. it, 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 with the shield on it. So yeah, it's a gorilla with armor on it that has the shield that has this huge behind shield that shoots three different magic attacks. Hey bro, hey. With that being said, how do you feel about the variants of defenders? Like we have the upright defender, the reverse defender, the eliminator. I hate all of them. I hate all of me equally. <laughs> all the other right. just died. Like, what the hell? I want to know how do you get to be some of these other heart? Like, here's the thing. I need to know what really makes the heartless. Like, like, is it the fact that how much darkness you have in your heart? Like, if you're so much of an evil person that you become a heartless, that your heartless is, just becomes like this overpowered multitude of darkness, or is these darknesses based upon like multiple darknesses come together? Like, I really want to know because I'm still upset about the fact of how strong you make Sora and nigga turns into a shadow. Like, but you fight all these other waves of different types of heartless, of different sizes, different calipers, different powers. How do you become one of them type of heartless, bro? Like, what? How? I need to know this. <laughs> you talking about uh, how Sora became a shadow? <laughs> Sora became a shadow, but you're fighting all these other. Di- the shadow's the lowest heartless. The next up one uh-huh. is a soldier. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have Shadow Soldier and then you got like all the way up to like fucking defenders, angels, the infinity warriors, the um shit, the damn granddaddy heartless, the big one with the <laughs> giant heart giant heart shaped hole in his chest that you're barely the size of this big toe. <laughs> oh, you mean the one that you fight like in the very beginning yeah. of Kingdom Hearts? And and the very end when Fucking yeah. handsome decides to duck out after you whooped his ass. And he's like, oh, I'm just going to duck out back this way real quick. <laughs> By the way, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it comes back in the trailer of Kingdom Hearts 4, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. It looks amazing. But yes. <laughs> all right. All right. I got you. I got you. But, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like... Can we rule it out at the plot hole? Or I don't yeah, know. We're going to have to rule it off as a plot hole for right now. We'll just leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we were talking about Kingdom Hearts 1. So you ready to go ahead and move on to Chain of Memories? Or was there something else? I mean, Chain of Memories, yeah. Because at this point, Chain of Memories, let's be honest on this. Aside from how the storyline actually is, is literally a repeat of Kingdom Hearts 1 minus the gummy ships. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow, it's like I it's almost like bro, now that I think about it, I can kind of see how you know, like chain of memory. <laughs> but hey, look, I'm, so, go ahead, go but, ahead. Look, I'm just gonna I'm gonna be straightforward on this. Okay, this is the re, uh, we're gonna I'm gonna just breeze through this real quick, okay? Because the real story of chain of memories doesn't start until Riku's part, like real shit. So 
Chain of Memories takes place right after Kingdom Hearts 1. King, like, you know, King Mickey has disappeared behind the door to darkness along with Riku. Sora, Donald, and Goofy are sitting here trying to figure out what can they do. And all of a sudden, Pluto shows up with this letter. The letter reads that they can get more information if they travel far to this forbidden castle. To this, like, forbidden castle, Castle of Memories. Oh, Castle, castle Forgiveness. I can't remember the exact name of it. Uh, castle Oblivion. <clears throat> Yes, Castle Oblivion, thank you. Which, go yeah. figure, Oblivion in Kingdom Hearts means um, forgetfulness of memories and shit. Go figure. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> I mean, old to the damn Riku Keyblade, like, the Keyblade you get from finding Riku in every game, the Oblivion. Like, just straight up. You get it from Riku every single time. Why is it that my destruction of memories comes from you, Riku? That's what I need to know. What the fuck is up with that? Anyway. <laughs> hey, 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 you know what? You know what? The, you remember when I was telling you about the Naruto Sasuke dynamic? How Sasuke, you know how most Uchiha, well, not most Uchiha, all Uchiha, but it depends on how you define it. But you know how mm-hmm. in order for them to get a Mangekio Sharingan, they have to cut off all ties. That's just kind of like the things where they got to cut off all memories in order to gain more power. And to get the Eternal, you got to steal the eyes from somebody you love. Yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah, so <laughs> there you go. Just, just bullshit. But <clears throat> it really is. But yeah, so they get this letter. They go to Castle Oblivion. As they're there, Sword Dawn and Goofy get separated. Once they get separate, like um, Dawn and Goofy just kind of disappear. Sword's trying to figure out what's going on. He comes across this hooded figure, who we find out later on who it is. Of course, he comes across this hooded figure. Sora encounters and tries to fight this hooded figure. This hooded figure pretty much just mops the floor with him and says, your memory, you said, you're, you said we're all just an empty husk shell, like you had mentioned, and then strips, so- and then, like, in a sense, he curses Sora, almost. This is the weird thing about it. But to find out, it wasn't even him that actually cursed it. It was ca- cursed him. It was actually Castle Oblivion. The longer you stay in Castle Oblivion, the more that it winds up affecting you. And then there was this whole extra thing that was going on with fucking Kyrie's nobody. That's the reason that Sora's memories are getting fucked up. And you're like, wait, hold up. <laughs> this got way more complicated than it was supposed to. <laughs> but for yeah. literally all of Sora's part, you're just going through the same game again, all over again. Once he enters, the only difference is, is that Donald and Goofy have now been trapped into cards. So anytime that Sora enters battles, Donald and Goofy get turned into cards. And Sora fights with them, but he only can activate it when he gets a hold of those cards and then winds up using them. Throughout the gameplay, the card starts bouncing around across the battlefield, and you, you want to be able to get them so you can use them. As you progress through battles, you get more cards. But if you overuse a card or if a card get breaks in battle, you permanently lose that card. So you only have a certain amount of decks. you got to do damn deck stacking. Like fucking Yu-Gi-Oh! Trying to be like, huh, this card partners with this card and this card. Because guess what? You can use card combinations. You can use two to three combinations. And depending on what combinations you'd use, then you're able to use Sora's special abilities or even special summons or just use special magic attacks. Going from Fira to, Fir- to from, from Fire to Fira to Faraga. <clears throat> the game system, the, the, it made sense, but it was so complicated for a kids game <laughs> bro i'm gonna say it right now he's gonna possess a power of his own you gotta find him bring the power home 
Wind, rain, shadow, wood, sword, thunder, power, sweet, car, cats of the cloud. It's what they call cats a mystic adventure. Car, cats is a pleasant of all time. Oh my God. I was ready for this and I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> <clears throat> That's the vibe I was getting from this. It's legit what it was, bro. It was car, captain, soccer all over again. But, <laughs> and it was like, it, it it was complicated at first. Like going back now, when because you can replay it again in the complete story, story thus far, one point five final mix, whatever. Because um, they made it to and they pretty much re redid it onto modern cons um, consoles, and even then, it's still the complex. It's still very complicated. Like the fighting is hella complicated, and then the story progresses. And it starts making even less sense because as you're traversing through worlds, you go through occasional white room hallways. And as you're going through these hallways, you Sora and Donald and Goofy start talking to each other. And then they have random encounters with various different hooded figures. Occasionally, you'll even start to fight them. And it, it still makes no sense. You have no idea what the hell's going on. You're just like, okay, what the fuck is going on here, bro? Like, uh, these dudes keep coming. Sword on and Goofy's like, look, I'm just trying to find my way through this place now. I don't even know where the hell I'm at. As you're going through the story, it's supposed to be that Sora is recollecting his memories that he's going along. But he forgets more shit as he's moving through the game. Like, the more you're playing through it, the worse Sora is actually getting what type of bullshit is this? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you got to fight through the castle to regain your memories. But as I'm fighting through, I'm losing my memories. I'm forgetting who the hell people I'm supposed to know. Like he's running into all the different Final Fantasy characters that he ran into in Kingdom Hearts 1 with Leon, Squ with, um, Squall, Leon, whatever. They call them both. <laughs> He's Squall uh -huh. in, Kingdom in, in Final Fantasy 8. For some reason, they wanted to call him Leon in, in Kingdom Hearts. I don't really understand why they wanted to call uh, him Leon. <laughs> uh, hold on. Is his name uh, Squall Leonhardt or something? It's, his name is Squall Lionheart. Lionheart. Leon is, is pronounced Lionheart. So okay. it's Squall Lionheart. I don't know really why they want to call him Leon in fucking Kingdom Hearts. I really don't understand that. But maybe it's, it's one of those things. Oh, excuse me. Uh, maybe it's one of those things like kind of like King Mickey's, where once again they were kind of uh I don't know, man. This might fail. I don't know, but Square Enix had pre-wrote this ahead of time. All this was was written out before they even pitched it to Disney. So that's why I'm like <laughs> because. But you also think in mind too of how they reimagined the um the Final Fantasy Ten characters. Like Titus has a whole different design, like. To be honest, aside from them calling him Titus, you wouldn't even recognize that, oh, this is Final Fantasy X? <laughs> <laughs> like, you wouldn't, like, when you finally get Titus, like, in his game, you're like, this is supposed to be the same kid? That don't look like the same kid. <laughs> like, it's completely different design. But then Waka has the same design. Um, I forgot old girl's name, but she has a completely different fucking design. I know it's not Eric. Uh, jump rope. At Destiny shit. Island, the one with the jump rope. <laughs> oh, right. 
she has right. a completely different design than she does in the actual in her in the Final Fantasy ten as well. So it's like, what the hell? Okay. Yeah, so into it. Yeah, so yeah. And you're like, bro, who are these people? <laughs> like, it's supposed to. It pays homage to Disney and Kingdom and on Final Fantasy. I'm like, okay, I don't see the homage to Final Fantasy except with Squall, who decides to call himself Leon now, and Cloud, who's for some bizarre reason decided to give his heart to Hades. I don't. Bruh. It, it made no sense. <laughs> I think I understand. The Final Fantasy characters' inclusion in the game was there just to kind of to help progress the story and help push it along. But realistically, as far as the story itself, Final Fantasy had absolutely nothing to do with it. I didn't get a chance to mention this in the overall review that we did in part one. But that's the reason why they didn't put them in Kingdom Hearts 3 is because there was no reason to include them for the progression of the story. It wasn't needed anymore. It was in literally. Fact, in fact, I'm looking up notes right now to where they just they said that although they were originally set to appear in Birth by Sleep, Leon, Yuffie, Aerith, Cloud, Tifa, and Sid were removed from the game because, according to Nomura himself, there were too many plot lines already. And I was like, whoa, and yes. he was like, whoa, duh. <laughs> Dude, he realized that it was getting too complicated, bro. It was getting way too complicated. And it wasn't really helping progress the story. It was just there. So it was like, okay, I guess. <laughs> so it was a, a definitely a very smart decision that he made in removing it, but it was still one decision of like, dude, what the hell? I'm confused. <laughs> so, and then even in Chain of Memories, they served the same purpose in Kingdom Hearts 1. Like they were just there to kind of help you progress on the story. The story wasn't exactly the same as the first one as the first game, but it was still damn near a carbon copy in itself. It's, it was damn near plagiarized, let's put it that way. You, you pay for a plagiarized game, but then <clears throat> what was bullshit <laughs> is that you had to beat Sora's story and then go back and replay the game, but then you play it as Riku. And originally everyone thought that when this happened, you was like, oh, because remember, this is during the time before it was very easy to look up shit on the Internet. It was still kind of difficult to look up shit on the Internet. So everyone thinking that, oh, you just, you unlock Riku as a playable character. And then people who actually beat it because go figure, of course, fighting with Riku is significantly fucking harder than fighting with Sora. <laughs> It was like, what the hell? It's even harder with Riku. Even if you choose an easier mode, it's still difficult as hell. But you progress through the story with Riku, and then you find out, oh, there's a whole lot more story than I thought. So this actually, I found this out. There's a bunch of people who play Chain of Memories, only Sora's story, and then that's it. They never played Riku's wow. story. And because they never played it, Kingdom Hearts 2 came as like a big confusion to them. Wow, that's like a missed opportunity right there. It is, but it's one of those things that you wouldn't know unless you decide to keep going. It, it started off like you know, everyone thought it was an Easter egg type thing or just some like simple unlockable or something like that. Not realizing that there was something more to the story. So then enters Riku. Riku is here because, go figure, Castle Oblivion is actually a link between due to I mean, I'm probably going to go off tangent just a little bit here. Due to the spell that Aqua put on put on the castle and turned it into Castle Oblivion in order to hide Ventus there, Ventus's body there, 
she wound up putting this spell onto it, and this castle is linked to the world of darkness and the world of light. <clears throat> it was meant to be an unsolvable puzzle on purpose, so that way she was the only one who could unlock, who can get Ventus out of there, so that way darkness would never be able to harm him. But the castle is linked to the world of, dar- of darkness and the world of light. So at the same time that Sora is going through the castle oblivion, Riku winds up entering in not long after. He actually runs into Sora a couple times, but he winds up ducking out. But being in Castle Oblivion, Riku's heart is torn. And because his heart is torn, then enters Dark Riku. Another new contestant has entered the battle. <laughs> A new challenger. I like how Riku's de- Dark Riku's design is almost, not exactly, but close to the same design as Vanita's. But minus the uh, helmet. <clears throat> it was supposed to be. It was on purpose. Whenever darkness, so supposedly, whenever darkness takes over the heart of a Keyblade Master, they don this specific outfit, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So it it was. It was supposed to be on purpose, but it was also because of heart connections. Because Riku reconnected his heart with Sora, and Sora's heart is connected to Ventus, and Ventus and Venitas are pretty much the same damn person. Which damn is a whole different story in itself. If you've never played Union Cross or Union Key, Ventus is a whole different story in himself. <laughs> and it's oh, uh, it, that, that right here. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that reminds me of how with one of the announcements with uh what happened this morning where I believe we're gonna get like the final part to Union, like Dark Road. But again, we'll talk about that later. <clears throat> yes, because yeah, we're gonna talk about it later because I mentioned that in the overall review, and I'm I, that was one of the most things I was excited about. But going back, so literally, like um, Riku enters in. He's dark. He got. He's fighting now. He's fighting himself and fighting against Dark Riku. And then we start introducing the organization. We find out a little bit more as we progress the Riku story because Riku finds King Mickey. And King Mickey is now donning this cloak. Riku sees this, but he's confused. And But he's finding out that the reason that Mickey is donning this cloak is because Mickey has found the organization. He's found some people behind the scenes who's doing something and he's trying to figure shit out. So he's disguising himself by wearing this cloak. By wearing this cloak, I don't think is that they're completely clueless that, hey, there's some weird person wearing one of our cloaks. But if they just happen to catch a glance of the cloak, they're thinking maybe it's one of them. And he's able to hide around a little bit without them, you know, being too conspicuous of what's going on, too suspicious of shit. So now we finally get that's our first understanding of Mickey being in this cloak. And again, for people who who went to playing Kingdom Hearts 2 and never played Riku's story in Chain of Memories, you had absolutely no idea why it is that Mickey was wearing this cloak that was actually explained in this fucking game. Again, missed opportunity. <laughs> right. And it's like, bro, what the fuck? Um, but then also we get a chance to understand a little bit more of Riku as he's unfolding more information to the organization. Along the way, Riku winds up finding winds up stumbling into Ansem. But he stumbles not just into Ansem, the Heartless Ansem from fucking Kingdom Hearts 1, now introduce the real Ansem. The actual dude whose real name is Ansem, who's the great scientist, 
and is one of the main reasons that everything has progressed into the bullshit that it is now. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. So this is the main bad guy. No, <clears throat> no, not at all. Get that out of your mind. He's not. But <laughs> he's very crucial to the story. But we only get a brief mention of him. When we finally figured out more information about him is when we get more introduced into Naminé. Naminé is Kyrie's nobody. <clears throat> so once now again, we found- <laughs> oh, I'm, 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 real quick, once again, if you did not play Riku's storyline, uh, of course, Naminé would have been brand new to you at Kingdom Hearts 2. But you are already been familiar with her if you... As, you know, yeah, yeah. At at the very end of, of Sora's story, Sora runs into Naminé. He doesn't really know who she is. He just knows that she has a strange power over him. And as soon as he runs into Naminé, he gets encapsulated into like the little big capsule, the little flower capsule. And that's the end of Sora's story in, in Chain of Memories. <laughs> it ends literally with a to be continued. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <clears throat> and so it's uh-huh. like, what the hell? <laughs> oh, uh, can I share some trivia like based on when we were talking about Leon uh, mm. apparently Leon shares the pseudonym with the English name of the Final Fantasy 2 character Leon whose original Japanese name is shared with Squall's surname Leon Hart so it's like I want to say even though it's not it's weird how okay he's Leon in Kingdom Hearts but it's almost like if you go into research and we're like, okay, kind of connects, but it's still weird. It connects with it's not supposed to be a connection. It just sounds like an Easter egg or irrelevant or just a re- like a reference. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Well, then I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like, okay. Yeah, that's just kind of all I feel is like, I guess, like, <laughs> I guess, like, like it kind of I mean, a reason, li- but whatever. I mean, the Lionheart Keyblade was pretty dope. I put it that way. <laughs> Just being honest on that. Um, So yeah, yeah, so then, so that's when we get this understanding of who Nominate actually is. And together, Riku and Ansem winds up kidnapping winds up being able to kidnap Nominate. But before they can, Riku winds up having to have this one big fight with with a bunch of organization members, and he is getting his ass handed to him. Like Riku is straight up getting his booty handed to him like no tomorrow and he's like i gotta completely allow myself to be submerged into darkness again in order to be able to win this fight and that's when we get to see riku change himself into the dark innocent form a little bit for the first time and i say the first time because he didn't fully submerge himself into that fight yet that doesn't happen until three five eight two days well three five eight days over two that's when we finally get to see um, Riku fully encompass darkness and fully change himself into the Ansem Heartless or Xehanort's Heartless, which I'm going to go ahead and drop that name now. Because, <laughs> again, convoluted damn story. Yeah. And that's when he fully turns in and during that moment. But during this moment is when Riku is finally allowing himself to enter into his dark form and then even gets a glimpse of him changing into the Ansem. And so it's like, what the hell, bro? So much shit that was going on. 
but again, if you only played through Sora's storyline, you did not get the full story at all whatsoever. You fought against some organization members. You even know that they're organization members because you, if you decide to read the files that you know the little character bios that they give you with each person that you encounter, but it still doesn't explain shit. It's not until you play Riku's story, like we said, missed opportunity. That's when you finally get an understanding. But aside from the the gameplay. Oh, Chain of Memories again. It was, it's my second least favorite game of the franchise. <laughs> it's, it's, right underneath, it's literally it's better than Recoded. It's better than Coded and Recoded. Recoded is the same shit, but it's, it's better than that. Other than that, it's, um, it's my second least favorite game of the whole franchise. I was excited for it when it first came out in 2005 because it had been like two years since Kingdom Hearts um, 1 had came out, and we get a new Kingdom Hearts game, but it's coming out, it came out for the Game Boy Advance, so it was like, shit, yeah, and, you know, I can play this on my DS as well, and, you know, you want to play on the Game Boy Advance the DS and shit. <sighs> I don't know, it was, it was confusing as hell to me, bro. I, I, <clears throat> to be honest with you, I actually never played Riku's story until the 1.5 came out. I knew of it. Fair. Because, um, well, our, our mutual friend Aaron, his cousin Joseph had played it, and he had played, he had unlocked Riku's story, and he was showing it to me, but like, when I found out Riku was even harder, I was like, I don't think I'm ready for this yet. It honestly, <laughs> until 1.5 came out, when, when 1.5 came out, and you got the chance to actually play Chain of Memories again, that was the that was the first time I actually played the Riku's story. But I already knew the whole storyline by that point, but I finally was you know, much, much older now, much more advanced in video games, I was finally able to play Riku's story and actually be able to beat it. So I was like, okay. <sighs> yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. It's like, you know, kid, like <laughs> when you're a kid, it's like, of course, the game's going to be a little bit more difficult. But once you go and you like have more uh, gaming experience, you're just like, bro, like, it's harder, but I can, I, I got it. I, I got it. <laughs> yeah. You, you can do it. You, know, you just, you just got it's one of those cases you actually have to dedicate yourself to during that time man i was a nerd i was an honor student most of my time was spent studying i played video games as like a sparing type of thing i love playing video games but i played it kind of sparingly and stuff so <clears throat> i didn't have the time to devote to actually learn how to really play chain of memories like that so i was like oh. <laughs> i beat sore story and i put it down i was like i can't I can't bro <laughs> I know there's more to it, but I can't. <laughs> I see. Uh, was there anything else on Chain of Memories, though? I just hate the gameplay. No, that's it. <laughs> okay. Because me, personally, I'm just going to say it right now. I did not care for Chain of Memories that much until I picked up 1.5, and I was like, you know what? Since I'm going to be um, doing a review on it, I might as well you know, kind of play it a little bit and then. Yeah, the whole card system thing kind of threw me off a little bit, but whatever. Uh, I got to do what I got to do for this review. But <laughs> now, let's get to the best part of this part of this review. Let's talk about those announcements. Bruh. <laughs> like, we were so hyped when we found out that Kingdom Hearts 4 and Kingdom Hearts Missing Link and Dark Road. And there was a fourth one. I forgot what was yours. What was that fourth one? So what is the fourth one? I thought it was just three. <clears throat> but they said four, but if it, if not, then whatever. I'm not going to stress it too much. I know I'm there's at least up. three. 
I got the tweet. I got the Twitter up right now, bro. Understand? Right. I am like, I here for this. I'm always here for this. I'm already subscribed. All right. So the new trailers that dropped was Kingdom Hearts Four, Kingdom Hearts uh-huh. Missing Link. Then they did an overall video, and the video was nah, bro. It was just dark rope. Oh, that's it. But yeah, yeah, it's just dark rope. Um, it was just three. All right, all right, cool, cool. Um, less to work with. All right, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, let's. I want to save the um, best one for last, honestly. But how do you feeling about Dark Road? So, <clears> oh <throat> huh, man, I could go on and on about it, but Dark Road was. I had first mentioned it in our previous um, part one. So Dark Road. So Union Cross Dark Road was one that I was most anticipated for. And I, and I say that not that I'm not anticipated for Kingdom Hearts 4. It's just the fact that literally, man, so Union Cross and Union Key literally winds up getting a chance to open up and talk more about all the different backstories that happen. It's when we're first introduced to not so much the beginning of Keyblades, but the beginning of the most crucial part where time begins. So we wound up getting a chance to understand more about the original key, one of the original Keyblade Masters, and I mean like straight up the best top Keyblade Master himself, the Master of Masters, who is all his name is. We never see who this guy is, but ominously enough, he wears a hooded cloak. So hmm. <clears throat> we just go figure, organize the organization type thing. And so go figure that literally him wearing a cloak, that is the reason that the organization also wears these cloaks as well, too, is because, and as we are get a chance to experience more in Dark Road coming out in August this year, is when Xehanort first meets... He doesn't meet the master of masters, but he meets one of the apprentices. So when he meets this apprentice, then he sees him in this cloak because only the master of masters and this apprentice wear this cloak because they both share within the same destiny. And we don't see the apprentice's face either. We have no idea how he's originally supposed to look. I'm going to go ahead and make another Dragon Ball Z represent to this one. Captain Ginyu. One of the people don't realize that the Captain Ginyu that we are introduced to in Dragon Ball Z on Planet Namek is not the Captain's original body. <laughs> they actually... Uh, <laughs> you know the uh, dramatic thing. Uh, that part. <laughs> <laughs> that part. <clears throat> because the thing, his body change ability, they've talked about it, so it was obvious that he's used it before. Oh, uh-huh. Or oh, even better, I got another. Let me add on to your uh, Dragon Ball Z reference with another Dragon Ball Z reference. It's that okay. same face Vegeta made when he found out that Trunks was his son. That part. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, bridge captured that. Per- bridge T- TFS captured that perfectly on that one. But <clears throat> so yeah, so it's like when he when Xehanort first it first meets this guy, he's in the cloak. So he keeps his cloak as a reference and everybody winds up wearing his cloak. And that's just kind of his signification of the organization and of being able to continue how things are going to go. Xehanort winds up getting the Keyblade that the Master of Masters has. And if you play Union Cross and Union Key, you find out that the Keyblade has a, that special Keyblade has an eyeball on it. Unlike every other Keyblade, 
and it signifies like some kind some type of really creepy darkness shit. But you find out that that eyeball on the keyblade is actually the eyeball of the master of masters. He literally put his eyeball in the keyblade, and by putting it in the keyblade, he's able to see the future, which makes a very big time bullshit. <laughs> that we will get into when we get to Dream Drop Distance, because Dream Drop Distance is all about fucking up the timeline. That's literally <laughs> all it's about, bro. <laughs> God damn it, Billy Allen. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> but yeah, and so literally when in the Master of Masters is giving this keyblade to his apprentice, and the prince is like, what the fuck? He's like, this is your eyeball. He said, yeah. He's like, don't, don't be freaked out too much. I know it's creepy, but don't don't be freaked out too much. He's like, well, why did you do that? It allows me to see the future and make sure things happen the way it's supposed to happen. And the fact that I'm handing this keyblade to you right now, and the fact that I know what's going to, I'm still looking at the future and it's still going to happen the same way, that means everything that I'm seeing that's going to happen in the future is actually still going to happen, bro. And it's, it's so cool, oh, isn't it? God. <laughs> this is why Loki all over again when Kang the Con, well, excuse me, he called himself he who remains, but he was like, yeah, bro, 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 I shit you not. Every possible outcome, I've already seen it coming. That part, literally, and it does literally, like fucking um, Doctor Strange and Time Stone, 40 million different possibilities. <laughs> and it's like everything happened in the movie the way it did, because if it didn't happen that way, it wouldn't have been one of the 40 million possibilities that they would have won. Da da, in your face, bullshit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> For real, though. <clears throat> But yeah, so literally we introduced the Master of Masters. So and we're understanding that this Keyblade is the reason that everything progresses through so much. And you also find out that is not Xehanort's original Keyblade, but it becomes his default Keyblade that he always uses. Dark Road is where we finally get a chance to see Xehanort become the Dark Master himself. Because understanding with Yin Sid and with Xehanort and Ericus, who we will introduce more in Birth by Sleep, he, all three of them were friends. They were almost as close as friends as Kyrie, Sora, and Riku, minus the whole love interest. Um, but that's how close they were. And it's one of those cases that they live in a world where everything was darkened. And they were able to bring everything together. All the Disney worlds were still very separated. And it was Yin Sid that incorporated putting Mickey as king. And by putting him as king, he was able to be in control of balance of the worlds outside of the um, the Keyblade Masters. So it's like, there's so much information that kind of goes into that. Like, there's so much is that Dark Road explains. It explains the history of Xehanort, how he got the Keyblade, why it is that he chose the path of darkness, and what really happened to Yin Sid, and why it is that Yin Sid abandoned the Keyblade. Because unlike Ericus, Ericus being old as he was, he still was a Keyblade master. Xehanort being old as dirt is still a Keyblade Master, not himself, but Yin Sid abandoned his Keyblade. Why? And Dark Road is finally that explanation between these three Grand Masters that there's been so much build-up for, we're finally getting to see what happened. 
that's why this was the most hype for me onto this because that right there is the biggest plot hole, not even plot hole, but the biggest gap in the storyline that I really wanted to see. Like I wanted to know what really happened because I mean, think about it. nowadays, it's not really too many bad guys. It's just like, Oh, he's just a bad guy. Da, 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 da. There's a reason that they become bad guys. Why? Why did they become bad guys? What really happened? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my feel for Dark Road. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. All right. So mm-hmm. since we're kind of pressed for time, let me try let's, to. We, let's go ahead. And, let's go ahead and just finish it up. Real. Let's go ahead. And so um, we got Dark Road. What about you? Like, how do you feel about Dark Road? Ah. Uh, Personally, like, I didn't play Union Cross like I wanted to, but, hey, I got the all-in-one package, so uh, I can play for the most part, but I think with, uh, isn't Dark Rose, like, okay, if you didn't get a chance to play before, you get, this is your chance now, right? No. No. No? And so, also, understand, too, in the all-in-one package, you don't play um, Cross and and Kai. Like, you, you you don't play it. It's all videos. Like, all of it is nothing but, like, hours and hours of story <laughs> you're just watching the videos of what happens between the master of Ma- between the master of masters and all the other keyblade faction masters i call them faction masters because they pretty much divided all the keyblade wielders into factions and each of them had different roles that they were supposed to participate in and all of them knew what their roles were except for one the one that was in the Master of Masters, same hood as the Master of Masters, the, the same organization type hoodie. Um, no one knew what his role was. And the Master of Ma- then M-O-M. I'm going to call him M-O-M. I just didn't want to call him Mom. <laughs> <laughs> literally, if you reference this guy, he's literally called Mom. That's, that's legitimately what they call him. <laughs> I'm not talking about in the game. I'm talking about like fans. Fans call him mom because he's the master of master. He's mom, literally. But the MOM, <laughs> he purposely said that um, this guy's like his role, no one can know. No one will ever know what it is. So what the MOM has done is that he uses Keyblade, he saw into the future, and he wrote everything down in a book of what's supposed to happen locked the book in the chest, gave it to this guy and said, go fulfill your role. And then this dude disappears. <laughs> and we don't find out. We don't find this guy again until Kingdom Hearts 3. When we find out he was winds up being one of the <laughs> one of the Organization 13 members who was under disguise clunk the whole time. Go figure all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like it was so much that was going on there. Like I said, so much going on. But no, no. So Union Cross and Union Kai is like two different things. So um, because Union Cross and Kai is a continuation in itself. Like one is kind of like part one, the other is part two. Um, Because in both of those games, you create your own character and you're progressing through the story and trying to figure out what's going on. But the only way to get the full understanding of those stories is you have to create a character and play in every single faction because every faction has its own story of what happens, of what leads into events. Like some, but all the masters wind up fighting each other, and some of them unfortunately wind up killing each other, which is the Keyblade War in itself. But every one of them have their own reason that the war started. 
each one of them have their reasons for having distrust. And if you only play the game in one faction, you're going to wind up putting blame on someone else. You're going to be like, this is this person's fault. They just went crazy and decided to attack other people. And that's why the Keyblade War started. No. There was distrust and civil unrest amongst all of them. And you have to play every single one to understand. So it's like, uh. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. <clears throat> okay. But either way, I, I honestly, with uh, Dark Road, I just thought finally, like, uh, as long as it kind of answers some questions to the storyline, great. I'm in for it. I, I, I'm all in. Okay, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> but okay, yeah, it's only going to answer uh, questions for um, for those three: for Eric, Isaiah, Nort, and Yinsid. It's, it's the only three is going to answer questions for. It's not. You still have the like watch the videos to get the other one, get the even further backstory. So, <laughs> right now, uh, missing link. Now, this is going to be a mobile game for iPhone, Android. It's 3D action, familiar with the mainline entries. There's going to be a closed beta later in 2022, and it is set in the realm of Scala and Kaum, and it will allow players to engage in these battles against the Heartless. So essentially, it's a multiplayer Kingdom Hearts. And that's what like a bold move where it's like, oh, well, even though it's going to be mobile, this is like the first <laughs> multiplayer Kingdom Hearts game that I, I heard of. And uh, it, it, Technically. <laughs> I mean, yeah. technically, the unions were, but it, I, what I'm excited to see about is how it may, is how it's going to come out. Like, the graphics yeah. is very different, obviously. So it's much, much different than it is for the Union Cross the Dark Road. Because with those, you still can interact with other people across the world. Like you can still run into other people in other who's also logged into the same server and doing shit. But I don't know. It's it's curious to see how this is gonna go out because it's you can't get much from the trailer. You really can't. To me, it just looks like Final Fantasy eleven type. You you know what I mean? Yeah. Like not even fourteen, but more so like a Final Fantasy eleven. Like they're trying to bring back Final Fantasy eleven a little bit. Right. For the most part, I'm thinking, you know, let's give it hope. That's all I can say on that. And finally, Kingdom Hearts 4, to where you remember the dude that sword fight at the beginning of Kingdom Hearts 1 and at uh, the end of Kingdom Hearts 3, and you fight him. But yeah, he's back. And while he shows up in this new world called, hold on, I just had it. Uh, it's called Quadratum. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Quadratum. anyway, uh, the footage that we were given, it shows that, okay, there's this fairly metropolitan town, and suddenly big dude shows up, people having this delayed reaction to run away from the motherfucker. And <laughs> next thing you know, Sora's running right into the danger, kind of like Deku from the first episode of My Hero Academia, and tried to fight this Heartless. And by the way, the action is still on point. Now, <laughs> now this trailer begins by saying that this is the Lost Master Arc. So we already know that as of Kingdom Hearts 3, that was the final chapter as far as the previous arc. But now we're in a brand new arc, and I'm kind of glad that Sora's still in play, but this is a whole new arc now. So kind of think of it like Star Wars, where it's like, okay, they had Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, and 3. I know they had a whole bunch of 
uh, different titles in between, but that's essentially its own arc right there. So now it's kind of like, okay, now I'm going to do a whole different thing, kind of like time skip, obviously, where, <laughs> by the way, Sora's um, character development, like, okay, now this dude's looking a little anatomically correct. You don't have those goofy-ass shoes anymore. His <laughs> face looking like a little more mannish. They showed his feet. We've never seen Sora's feet. Now they they actually put some toes on the boy. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, th- while that was happening, and it was saying that the narrative was saying, if this isn't the ending you desire, if it brings you despair, then leave this world for another. And of course, uh, the push begins in the forest and then transition to a large city. Uh, Sora is seen uh, waking up in an apartment and then we are introduced to Strelitzia, uh, a character that first appeared in Kingdom Heart Union X. So there you go, like a little connection to Union X right there. Uh, but also, there's the thing with Donald and Goofy to where they were trying to find Sora and next thing you know, they see this um, blue this blue flame, and then this mysterious voice was like, hey, just where do you think you're going? And then Donald's Goofy screaming in shock and cut the black magic in the making. And I was like, God damn, God damn, no more. You know how to fucking tease us. But that was it. Uh, how you feeling? I love it. <clears throat> Like, it looks amazing. I'm excited. Um, I was half asleep this morning, and I woke up ready for it, bro. I woke up ready. I was like, on point. I got this. I'm ready. We about to do this. We in the business. Let's do this thing. And yeah, yeah I, was, I, I woke up around 8 o'clock in the morning. I was thrown through the book. I was like, real shit? Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, me check, let me check Twitter. Let me check everything. Real shit? It's real shit? Okay. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> that part, man. That part, bro. Oof. All right. Like, hey, ladies and gentlemen, like, bro, we, we really wasn't expecting Kingdom Hearts 4 to be announced while we were doing this stream review, but I am so glad we started the stream review at this point because, like, that was serendipitous right there. Just when we thought we didn't have much to talk about with Chain of Memories, they're like, Boom! We got something to talk about now. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but, hey, uh, Kogasu, you got anything else, like, in general? Like, go ahead and close uh, No, nah, I know we're about uh, to go ahead and close this up real quick. The uh, only thing is, I mean, not much different from... Not much different from what I said in the last, like, last episode. Just continue to love yourself. Continue to keep pushing forward. You got this. Remember to continue and be you and do the best that you can. No matter what, keep trying, keep pushing. You got this. <laughs> Indeed. And all I'll say to this is, Nomura, I know you got a little bit of flack from Kingdom Hearts 3 because, you know, some fans didn't receive it very well. And some fans were like, okay, no, it's not bad. It's not bad. I feel cool with it. But hey, Kingdom Hearts 4. You better fucking bring it with this one. <laughs> look, look, the world broke. The world is breaking right now on this, man. This, this right here, people still talking about it, like, straight up. It just happened. just came out this morning. We ready for it. We yes. don't know when it's going to come. The only thing that we're upset about is we don't know when it's going to come. So, we don't even I know what don't want it to be. Like. This game was announced. 
And then like two, three years later, all of a sudden, oh, it's only coming out. Dude, this was announced two years ago. Bruh. Uh, We just got the all-in-one package, well, pretty much all of them, on the Switch. So I would be very disappointed if they made it like, okay, no, um, Kingdom Hearts 4 is only going to be like a a new-gen console exclusive. And I was like, bruh, really? Like, with how hard it is to get PS5 and Xbox Series X nowadays, like, you really gonna... All right. It's like, a, we gotta get a PS5, man. It's like we're about to start breaking people's houses out. No, I'm just <laughs> hey, at, at least if they do it like PC, I was like, okay, at least I can do PC. I can do PC, but if you talk about, oh, okay, you're gonna get new... Oh, Lord. But, hey. Y'all, this is it. This has been part three of the Kingdom Hearts Extreme Review. Stay tuned when we do part four, which is going to be finally diving into Kingdom Hearts 2. And I'm just going to say this right now. Between Kingdom Hearts 2 and 358 over two days, those are my personal favorites out of the um, bunch. Because I was like, ooh, ooh, y'all going somewhere with this now. <laughs> but, hey, until next time, you stay nerdy, my friends. Great things are coming. And we are zoning out. Yeah. Well.